Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. This is your host, Mac Monroe, and today we are going to take a look at personality. Our guest today is Margie Bush. Margie has been with us before, but the topic today is personality type. We're going to look at how a boss can excel by simply leveraging the very best of a person's hardwired personality, specifically in this episode, extroversion versus introversion. Margie's going to talk to us a little bit about type theory and then take us down the road where we can learn more about how to energize ourselves how to set our direct reports up for success by simply understanding what energizes them and drains their batteries. So with no further delay, let's talk with our guest, Margie Bush. Margie Bush, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's good to be here. You know, we really enjoyed having you a few weeks ago when you talked about coaching, and I wanted to have you back because I know that one of the tools that you use in coaching your clients is the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, and our audience, of course, newly promoted supervisors, I know they're looking for any advantage that they can get so that they can actually do their job of developing people even better, and so what I thought we'd do is, over the next few weeks, do a four-part series where we talk about the idea of personality preferences. And especially in this first opening episode, talk a little bit about the background, but then also dive a little deeper into the first dichotomy, which is the difference between extroversion and introversion. I'm just wondering if you can explain a little bit about this theory of type. What does that mean? Okay, sure. So the way I use the theory of type is uh, related to some research done by a Swiss psychiatrist named Carl Jung. And he did a lot of research on the differences among people, so fundamental differences in behavior. And what he found is it varied very specifically and uh, showed very predictable patterns of behavior. So initially, he observed two types of preferences, which are the two you mentioned we're going to talk about today. And that was extroversion and introversion. And as he went through his research, what he found is uh, initially, though, this was a way that they would act or react to certain situations. He found that it was actually deeper than that. And he began to do more research and he subdivided these into two other preference pairs, which we're going to talk about later, as you said. And those were now we call the mental processes, uh, those two middle letters that we see. So when we talk about uh, type theory, it also is related to, you mentioned the Myers-Briggs type indicator assessment. So that's the other piece of it. A mother-daughter team, Catherine Briggs and Isabel Myers, took his research 
and over about 20 years, uh, maybe a little longer, developed the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Assessment, which is the assessment you mentioned that I use. When you say preferences, what does that mean? Because I'm just wondering, is this a conscious choice that we would make or is this natural? What does a preference mean? Okay, so these are are inborn. So they are there from the beginning of us. And a preference is if you think about your hands, and we use this exercise when we are helping someone find their best fit type, you have two hands and we use both of those every day. It's just that we prefer to use one over the other. Like for example, me, I prefer my right hand. So I have a preference for that. And we want to make sure that we're aware of that in type because we actually have access to both of these, extroversion and introversion. And, and I'm exercising the preference of extroversion this morning. I'm here, I'm talking this out, and I'm discussing this with you, though it's not my preference. My preference really is for introversion. I see. Well, that's good because I don't think you emailing me this information would make for a very good podcast. So I'm, I'm glad you can push yourself out of that. You know, the idea of type in the assessment is this reliable or is this just some kind of a, a party game that people can play? <laughs> well, I, I do get asked that. And so there are two ways that the Myers-Briggs type indicator has been, I guess you could say, uh, assessed or uh, determined that it has some reliability and validity. So when we look at the reliability, this is what, what people really want to know is Am I going to come out the same every time? Is this going to be a consistent measurement of me? And I mentioned earlier, these are hardwired preferences. So type theory says, yes, you should come out the same every time. What I find, though, sometimes that happens is someone took it from someone maybe not certified or they took something free online and then they come to me and their letters have changed. And they think that it's not reliable. And what I need to explain to them is what really changed is your mindset and the way you responded to the choices. So there's a particular mindset that we need to be in and remember that this is how we are. So it's not how we want to be or want others to see us. It's just us and how we have these hardwired preferences. I see. So there is an assessment that a person would take and that would actually give them, according to how they answer it, their preference. Uh, how many questions are on this assessment? The one I like to use uh, the assessment is 96 items. And so a person can just, uh, can they just go online and take this? Is this something that you can download somewhere? Or do you have to have somebody certified or qualified to administer this? Well, my suggestion is that you use a qualified or a certified practitioner. They are going to use the authentic assessment, and, and they have that uh, in two options. You can take a paper assessment, which is a self-scorable, or you can take it online from a practitioner's assessment site. Well, I'd like to start looking at this first pairing, this idea of extroversion and introversion. So why don't we break them down, and maybe you can describe what extroversion is. So when we look at extroversion, there are some particular descriptors that you would see with someone of this preference. Some typical things would be they, they prefer to communicate by talking. 
They work out their, uh, they like to discuss things and that's how they work through their ideas, uh, talking with others. They are expressive, uh, sociable. These are folks that readily take initiative. Uh, You'll see that at work. They like group work and they are uh, someone that's sort of drawn to, or they are drawn to the outside world. When we look at uh, the extroversion and introversion, this is about how we get our energy. When you think about introversion, these are their opposite. So when you look at these, these are opposite on, on a dichotomy. The preference for introversion folks prefer to communicate in writing. So they work through their ideas with reflection. Uh, that's how they learn by getting some information and reflecting on it. They tend to be private. Uh, more contained in their demeanor. And these are folks that need to be drawn into a conversation, invited in. They typically at work will prefer to work alone or maybe with one or two other people. So they get their energy from that inner world of themselves. I see. Well, I guess for me, sometimes it doesn't make sense because I've taken this assessment and I have a preference for introversion But I teach workshops. I'm up in front of a group. I'm leading exercises and activities. I have this podcast. And so I I talk to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Does that seem to make sense? It seems like maybe I took it the wrong way. (laughs) I, I do the same thing. I do workshops and I stand up for hours and, and work with people, uh, with groups and I coach. But what I would ask you is how do you feel afterwards? Well, I guess I'm, I feel happy, but I'm, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I mean, typically if I'm on the road, I'll go to a restaurant, I'll sit by myself, I'll have something to drink. I'll Mm -hmm. take out my phone and read the news and Mm -hmm. feel good. I mean, I feel kind of tired. I guess that maybe that's part of what it is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. So I feel the same way. Oftentimes I, I travel. I know you do a lot of travel as well. So if I'm driving, I get in my car and put on my favorite playlist and and I just unwind that way. Yeah. Now that sounds like a good time. A a quiet road trip, just a person and their thoughts. (laughs) Well, that that seems to make sense then to me. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's look at what a boss has to deal with now. Uh, And so I want to, from your perspective, what does a boss need to know about managing people that have extroversion and then conversely introversion? Okay. When, when I think about a boss at work, uh, what I often suggest to them is if you can take the assessment, that's great so that you can really understand your best fit type. Uh, if you're listening to this and you've listened to those descriptors, I think the best thing first is to have an awareness of you and how you get your energy and take care of yourself. And then when you're managing others, do your best to recognize if someone prefers to get their energy like you, or if they're going to be opposite of you. And then from that, uh, knowing about this energy piece, then you can start to manage those. So some things to to think about when uh, someone has a preference for extroversion and you're trying to manage them is to understand that they like face-to-face conversations and they like to talk things out and they will take a lot of initiative. Uh, They like to work in a group. So being aware of that would help you manage those folks better. 
because this is going to help you understand the type of work environment that they might be the most productive in. You're going to, having this awareness, you'll understand, you'll start to see how people handle change. And the extroversion folks probably will take initiative and, and jump right in. It'll be a little stressful for those folks like me. We need a little more time. So when you think about the introversion, again, having an awareness of yourself and how you get your energy helps you better when you're managing someone that may be different from you. Understanding that those folks need a little more time to reflect on things. So, you know, if you're going to call a meeting, you may want to think about giving them some information in advance so they'll know what's going to be discussed and they'll have a little time to think about that. Uh, And going back with a work environment for them, they tend to like to reflect and be alone sometimes. So understanding that may be a need for them uh, in the work environment. Well, you know, I'm thinking about a lot of organizations now, and maybe it's a push from people saying, well, we have millennials in the workplace, and they're talking about this concept of open office. Mm -hmm. How do you suppose that impacts different personality preferences, specifically this one? (laughs) I think that's huge. It's going to be a huge impact. When you have a room full of folks with a preference for extroversion, you're going to have a lot of discussion. It's going to probably be loud. And you throw in somebody, a couple people like me, and and you mentioned you have a preference for introversion. uh, It's going to be difficult. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a great idea on paper, but if a person is not able to work in an environment that is going to maximize that that special component of their personality, it seems like that's going to be something the boss is going to need to deal with. Mm-hmm. And and on that note, I guess if a boss has a preference for extroversion, what are some things that they can do so that they can bring their very best self into the role? Because once they get into the workplace, it's game on. Mm-hmm. So for the, the boss that has a preference for extroversion, what are some strategies they can use to to leverage that? Okay. So when I think of strategies they can use, again, I go back to first that self-awareness, knowing uh, what your preference is, and then trying to have some self-awareness of those people you're trying to, you're managing and understand that your preference of how it's going to show up for people, you're going to have, you're going to be very action oriented. You're going to want to call group meetings and do group work. You're going to want to problem solve as a leader in a group environment. So having an awareness of that, if you understand the opposite side of that, then you're going to be able to manage someone that may be opposite of you. Now, for the boss that has the preference for introversion, it almost seems like it's going to be a major struggle because what I always encourage bosses to do is to get out and to engage and to build rapport now, what are some strategies the the boss with introversion preference might have to think about? Okay, so some strategies for them, because they tend to have a more reflective leadership style and prefer a calmer environment to, to take care of themselves, to give themselves time for that. And also, I think it's key to communicate that. I think back to a work environment that I was in, having the only preference for introversion and in a leadership role on a team with other leaders, totally opposite of me with their energy preference. 
And it, it was difficult for me. And what they tend, it was, there are a lot of misunderstandings. They tend to, to think that I didn't have ideas and I didn't want to be part of the group. And so sharing that with others and letting others know what your preference is, either way, if it's extroversion or introversion. But I think this one is, is particularly important because we're often misunderstood as someone that doesn't want to be part of the team. Yeah, I think that's going to be key. It seems like you can almost stereotype somebody and and say, well, that person is the life of the party. They're the chatterbox. They must. And I hear this a lot, too. They must be an extrovert mm-hmm. or that person's quiet and shy. They must be an introvert. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a danger in stereotyping. But also, what about the label? Because, you know, we've been using this this idea of preference for can't we just shortcut it and say that person's an introvert and be done? No, <laughs> I would not suggest that. That is stereotyping. And the, using proper language is very important if, in understanding type and using type. And what we want to say is we have a preference for that. Right at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that uh, as well. We, this is a preference. We have access to all of these and we can use them anytime we choose. It's just that we have a place that's our go-to, just like our hand. Like I prefer to write with my right hand. So that's my go-to place. That's what your preference is. It's like your favorite chair or your favorite pair of jeans. Doesn't mean that you can't wear another pair of pants, right? Yeah. So, you know, it makes me, um, when you mention that stereotype, to really think about them too, as these are preferences. This is not anything about skills or abilities or knowledge. There's no right or wrong. There's not one that's better than the other. It's not an excuse either. So we can't say, oh, well, let's give them a break. They're an extrovert. No, no, they have a preference for that. So again, you know, knowing that to appreciate all of them because they're all equally valuable and they all have their own blind spots. And what we can do is, uh, as a manager or a boss, is when we have this awareness, we can manage ourselves and manage others better. This almost sounds like it's a secret formula that not everybody has. And, and I love that because mm-hmm. as, as a boss who's listening to this podcast, my goal is to equip you with every advantage that you can possibly have to do a great job. And I really believe by leveraging this idea of personality preference and personality type, this can make you an absolutely outstanding boss. Well, as we wrap up, I'm going to just kind of put down the groundwork and let you know that at the end of this four-part series, Margie is going to have a very special offer for anybody that would like to have the advantage of being able to understand their own type. So I'm not going to give that out to you until we get to episode number four, but I want you to keep coming back. Margie, we really appreciate you being on the show and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. And we're really looking forward to the next episode because we're going to look at the next dichotomy, which is the next one we're going to look at. We're going to look at sensing and intuition. So this is how we take in information. And you won't want to miss this one because... When we use this one and then that next one that we'll talk about in the third podcast, this is our decision-making process. And this is how we solve our problems, the way we take in information and make decisions. So this is going to be very helpful for a boss to understand. All right. Well, I can't wait. 
Margie, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show. And we look forward to meeting with you soon for part two. You are very welcome. It's always a pleasure to talk about something that that I love and, and that's using this assessment. Well, thanks again to our special guest, Margie Bush, for being back on the show. You know, if you're the boss and you listen to this and want to maximize your ability to bring your best self to work, then please follow on with the next three episodes. And at the end, there's going to be a very special offer where you can get the chance to get a good insight into your own personality. If you're looking for other opportunities to develop, go no further than to our website, thebossbuilders.com. You'll get information about our on-site driving results workshops or the very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video and web-driven. Until the next time we meet, get out there and be the absolute best boss ever. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.